Thank you, Pastor Clement. And greetings, brothers and sisters in Christ, and also greetings to those joining us online right now. And a blessed Pentecost Sunday to all of us. You know, last month, I preached at the prayer and praise service, and I shared from Luke chapter 24 about the two disciples who were on the road to Emmaus, and they encountered the risen Christ. Today, I'm going to share a follow-up message to that. You know, after the resurrected Jesus appeared to the disciples, he appeared to the rest of the other disciples and shared these words with them. In Luke chapter 24, verse 49, he said, I'm going to send you what my Father has promised, but stay in this city, in the city until you have been clothed with power from on high. So what is this power on high? And this is where we continue to the second part of Luke's writing to the Acts of the Apostles. And let me read to us this passage today to set the context to this Pentecost Sunday message. I'll read from Acts chapter 1. In my former book, Theophilus, I wrote about all that Jesus began to do and to teach until the day he was taken up to heaven. After giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles he had chosen, and after, after his suffering, he presented himself to them and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. On one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command, Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. And then they gathered around him and asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? And he said to them, it is not for you to know the times or dates the Father has set by His own authority. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. After He said this, He was taken up before their very eyes and a cloud hid from their sight. I'll jump to Acts chapter 2. And when the day of Pentecost come, came, they were all together in one place and suddenly, a sound like the blowing of violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seems to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. And all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. And this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Come, let us pray. Heavenly Father, as we come before you today, we pray for open heavens and we pray for our hearts to be prepared even as we listen to your word. May you hide me behind your cross as I share your word and may the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing in your sight. In Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen. Now can I invite you to raise your hands in responding to these three questions? Now first, who here believes in the power of the Holy Spirit. Everyone? Okay. Second, who here believes that we as a church need the empowerment of the Holy Spirit? The third question, who desire to have this Pentecost experience of the Holy Spirit today? Everyone? <laughs> well, I'm glad if you have answered yes to these three questions because that was what happened to the early church more than 2,000 years ago. And it's my prayer that we too can be filled with the fullness and the power of the Spirit of God in our lives today. 
Because later at the end of my sermon, I'm going to invite all of us to pray for that Pentecost experience. You know, yesterday at the Saturday service, you know, there were many, a lot of people responded. We had a long time ministry. And today we're going to do that as well. I'm going to give us that space and the time, you know, to really ask to be filled with the Spirit. But before we go into that, let me just set a context of the passage that we just read and bring us all back to more than 2,000 years ago. You may close your eyes and imagine this scene with me. You know, while we were praying, worshipping God right here in this Wesley Hall, you know, suddenly we hear a loud bang. The doors and windows of this hall swings wide open. And a loud and a mighty rushing wind comes flying through this whole hall. And then tongues of fire appear and rest upon each and every one of us here. Everyone is filled with the Holy Spirit and begins speaking in tongues. Our neighbors must be wondering, how come all these people are suddenly speaking in our own dialects? You know, some are speaking Hokkien, you know, Teochew, Tamil, Malay, Mandarin. You know, everyone is amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, what does this all mean? Are they all drunk and filled with wine? And soon after, our pastor in charge, Pastor Raymond, boldly walks out to the streets along 5 Fort Canning Road. And he proclaimed, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And thousands of people begin joining our community. Everyone is single-mindedly devoting his or her lives to the Lord. There's this deep hunger growing in everyone's hearts to just listen to the apostles' teachings. And at the same time, many people begin joining our Wesley prayer meetings, praying and praising God. Many signs and wonders begin taking place. People started sharing their resources, selling their possessions and belongings. And our finance committee was collecting all the proceeds and start distributing them to the poor and the needy. And as all this is happening, the Lord just adds more souls to our community each day. You know, these were likely the scenes that took place right after the day of Pentecost. So as amazing as it sounds, can we have such a Pentecost experience today as well? Well, the answer is yes. You know, someone once shared this comparison between Resurrection Sunday versus Pentecost Sunday. No, Resurrection Sunday is an encounter with the risen Christ. But Pentecost Sunday is an encounter with the ascended and glorified Christ. No, Resurrected Sunday is experiencing the indwelling Holy Spirit. But Pentecost Sunday is experiencing the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Resurrection Sunday, one is regenerated, born again, and the result is life. But on Pentecost Sunday, one is empowered, anointed, and the result is power. But before we describe how we can experience Pentecost, have you ever wondered why this day is called Pentecost? The term Pentecost literally means 50 in Greek. In church history, Pentecost was celebrated 50 days after the Jewish Passover. But today, churches all over the world still celebrate Pentecost, which occurs 50 days after the death and resurrection of Jesus, and 10 days after Jesus' ascension into heaven. And next, you know, people often ask this question, when did the church begin? You know, Pentecost is the birthday of the church, the universal body of Christ. 
It was at Pentecost where our risen Lord Jesus Christ poured out the Spirit and formed His people into a living spiritual organism called the body of Christ, the church. In fact, Pentecost is not simply the Holy Spirit coming to the church, but Christ Himself coming to the church in the person of the Holy Spirit. You know, some scholars describe that Pentecost as the reversal of Babel. If you read in Genesis chapter 11, at the Tower of Babel, God confused human languages and dispersed the nations over the face of the earth. But at Pentecost, the reversal took place. As here, the language barrier was overcome as a sign that God would now gather the nations together in Christ. You know, someone once shared this at Babel. Earth proudly tried to ascend to heaven. But at Pentecost, heaven humbly descended to earth. So because this was such a significant event of our church history, if we desire to experience the Pentecost power from the Holy Spirit, we need to spend some time understanding who this third person of the Trinity is. Many times, we know who God the Father is. We know Jesus the Son. But we often forget about the third person of the Trinity or we do not know Him well enough. So who is the Holy Spirit? You know, scholar Tom Smell shares that the Holy Spirit is not the one to whom we relate to, but rather the one who makes the relating possible. And this can simply be described as our relation to God the Father through Christ. And the Holy Spirit enables one to give oneself to Christ. And I like how J.I. Packer illustrated this. He said, The Holy Spirit distinctive new covenant role then is to fulfill what we may call a flood-like ministry in relation to the Lord Jesus Christ. When flood lighting is well done, the flood lights are so placed that you do not see them. You are not in fact supposed to see where the light is coming from. But what you are meant to see is just the building on which the flood lights are trained. And this perfectly illustrates the Spirit's new covenant role. He is like the hidden floodlight shining on the Saviour. And what Packer has shared is likely the reason why we often forget who the Holy Spirit is. Because He is like the hidden floodlight residing in the background that points us to the Saviour, Jesus Christ. So as we keep that context in mind, let me share four lessons that we can learn about the role of the Holy Spirit today. You know, first, the Holy Spirit comforts us and our challenges. Second, the Holy Spirit enlightens us to God's truth. Thirdly, the Holy Spirit commissions us for God's word. And lastly, the Holy Spirit empowers us to be a witness. I'll briefly cover the first three points. I'm going to actually spend a longer time on point four in this sermon today. But first, let me get start with the first lesson here. The Holy Spirit comforts us in our challenges. If we read in John chapter 14, Jesus said, And I will ask the Father and He will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever. The Spirit of truth. The world cannot accept Him but it, because it neither sees Him nor knows Him. But you know Him for He lives with you and will be in you. You know, here the Holy Spirit is given two special names by our Lord. Advocate and the Spirit of Truth. The Greek word for advocate 
is parakletos, which can also be translated as helper, the comforter, the encourager, all this deeper meaning of a cord alongside to assist us. You know, have you ever experienced such a strong peace, a strong assurance of God's presence, even in the midst of trials and challenges in your life? You know, well, if you have, that could be the work of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is that comforter. They encourage us. It provides us with the peace and the reassurance in times of difficulty, sorrow, or distress. Secondly, the Holy Spirit enlightens us to God's truth. And that's the role of the advocate. The Holy Spirit inspired the Word and also illumines the Word so that we may understand the Scriptures. But the Spirit brings illumination and insight and also illumines to allow us to understand the significance of God's grace, the redemptive work of Jesus Christ, and the mysteries of the kingdom of God. You know, just as verse 26 says, But the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. So even if we cannot understand Scripture when we read it, we have the Holy Spirit in us. We can rely on the Holy Spirit, who is the one that will convict us. The Holy Spirit is the one that will enlighten us to the truth of God. Thirdly, the Holy Spirit commissions us for God's work. If we read John chapter 20, this passage describes what happened to the disciples on the first day of the resurrection. You know, Jesus came and He stood among them and He commissioned them and He said this, Peace, be with you. As the Father has sent me, I'm sending you now. And with that, he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. Here Jesus imparted to them the Holy Spirit on the first day of the resurrection. The Holy Spirit came to them and they had the Holy Spirit residing in them. You know, some scholars say that this experience of the Holy Spirit in John 20 was like a symbolic experience of the Pentecost experience to come on Acts chapter 2. But the interesting lesson here is, the Spirit of God had actually been on earth even before Pentecost. If you turn to the Old Testament Scriptures, the Spirit empowered men and women to accomplish God's work. You look at, it happened to Gideon, to Samson, to many others. When the Spirit of the Lord came upon them, it empowered them to do a specific work that God wants to do. But it was only after Pentecost that this, that Scriptures described the fullness of the Spirit's empowering, enabling, and permanently indwelling all of God's people individually. The Holy Spirit does not work instead of us or in spite of us, but in us. And through us. And this is why the Holy Spirit bestows upon us with different spiritual gifts for the work of God. Just like as we read in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, let me read verse 4 to 7 to us. The Apostle Paul wrote this There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working. But in all of them and in everyone, it is the same God at work. Now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. Each one of us are called, we are equipped by the Spirit to do God's kingdom work here on this side of heaven. 
Lastly, the Holy Spirit empower us to be a witness for Him. Just as we read earlier in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. You know, someone once shared this story of a lumberjack that lived around the time when chainsaws was first introduced. You know, the lumberjack was so strong and experienced that he could cut down 10 trees a day using only hand tools. However, while picking up supplies at a store, the salesman convinced him that he could double or triple the number of trees cut down per day if he used one of these new chainsaws. You know, this sounded very far-fetched to this lumberjack. However, always desiring to improve, he decided to give it a try. At the end of the week, he came to the store. He told the salesman that he was only able to cut down three trees with the chainsaw on the first day. He told the salesman that the chainsaw was causing him to work harder than ever compared to what he did with the saw and the axe. And the salesman was very apologetic and offered to look at the chainsaw to ensure it was performing properly. So the salesman flipped the start switch. He gave the starter rope a quick pull and the engine roared to life. And then broom, broom, broom. The lumberjack jumped back, you know, being startled by the sound of the engine and yelled out, What is that noise? You know, friends, the point of this story is that, you know, we can have the right tools. Like a new chainsaw, it has a great potential to enable one to cut the trees down more effectively. But if we don't activate the power, it is useless. You know, the lumberjack didn't know how to activate that power. He had that new chainsaw. He didn't know that he needed to on the start switch and to pull the rope. And likewise, many of us, we believe in Jesus Christ. And I'm sure we do want to live out our best in this Christian faith as well. But as we try to live our best, we strive and we strive with our own strength, our own effort. We may go to church every Sunday like this. We may attend the occasional midweek teaching, attend disciple courses. Maybe you are part of a small group. Or maybe you are even actively serving in church. But if we are doing all this without the power, we can be tired, we can be dry and empty after a while. And friends, this potential of the power of God is given to us when we receive Jesus Christ into our lives. And the Holy Spirit dwells in each and every one of us here right now. But if we do not live out our faith, being continuously filled with the fullness of the Spirit, no, we are not activating the potential of the Christian faith. So how do we receive this power and experience Pentecost today? And this is where, let me turn to Ephesians chapter 5, verse 18 here. And Paul described, do not get drunk on wine which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. Even if we read in Acts chapter 4, verse 31, it describes how the disciples came together, they prayed, and the place where they were meeting was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. 
Now suddenly the, the disciples had a bonus to be a witness for the gospel. And that led to the early church to multiply and the churches to spread across the world today. And this can happen only because the disciples, they were filled with the Spirit. And the term spirit, filled with the Spirit refers to an ongoing experience of being under the influence, the guidance, the empowerment of the Holy Spirit in a Christian life. Where the Spirit enables the Christian to exhibit the fruit of the Spirit, to walk in obedience to God's will, and to serve God effectively. You know, sometimes when such a feeling of the Spirit comes upon God's people, it will be accompanied by various manifestations from God, such as speaking in tongues, prophetic utterances, or powerful encounter with God's presence. Or sometimes one may suddenly just fall under the Spirit. You know, let me share a recording by John Wesley of his experience of the manifestation of God's power. On 1st January 1739, as the early Methodists were watching through the night from 31st December 1738, they had an amazing experience with the Holy Spirit. You know, this was like the watch night service. And John Wesley recorded in his journal, and let me quote from him, about three in the morning, as we were continually, instantly in prayer, the power of God came mighty upon us. Insomuch that many cried out for exceeding joy, many fell to the ground. As soon as we recovered a little from the awe and amazement at the presence of His Majesty, we broke out with one voice. We praise Thee, O God. We acknowledge Thee to be the Lord. The early Methodists were never the same again after this experience. Because it was through the empowerment of the Holy Spirit, they carried God's presence that transformed England and eventually the world. You know, just as what happened to the disciples at the upper room more than 2,000 years ago, what happened to the Wesley brothers? I believe we too can experience Pentecost today. You know, being filled with the Spirit is a desire. It's a continuous process in the life of a believer. And today I would like to share with us some practical steps on how we too can cultivate, how we too can experience that continuous feeling of the Holy Spirit. You know, Dr. Bill Bright, founder of Crew, he shared some practical steps on how we can live a Spirit-filled life and I've adapted these steps for our reference. Now first, you can receive the feeling of the Holy Spirit right now if you sincerely desire to be empowered by the Holy Spirit. As Jesus said in Matthew 5 verse 6, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. In John chapter 7, Jesus stood and said in a loud voice, Let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as scriptures have said, rivers of living water will flow from within them. Secondly, we need to confess our sins. By faith, thank God that He has forgiven all of your sins, past, present, and future sins because Jesus Christ has died for all of us. Thirdly, we surrender every area of our life to God. As Romans 12 reminds us to offer your bodies as living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. And this is your true and proper worship. And lastly, by faith, 
proclaim the fullness of the Holy Spirit. His command said, be filled with the Spirit. And He promised that He will always answer when we pray according to His will. You know, having said that, even as I laid out all these practical steps for us on how we can be filled with the Spirit, even if we follow step by step, and I can say not everyone may receive the gift of tongues, not everyone may receive the gift of prophecy, not everyone may receive healing. Sometimes it can just be a quiet experience of God's presence and assurance in your heart. Sometimes such an experience of being filled with the Spirit can happen much later. It may not take place in this service, maybe you're going back a few days later, suddenly you just feel the Spirit of God coming upon you. But what I can say for sure is, when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you will know it. As the evidence of the Spirit work, it's not just the manifestation, it's not just the signs and the wonders. But our lives will be transformed and we are drawn closer to Jesus and Christ is magnified. You know, before I close, I would like to share my own Pentecost experience that I actually rarely share in a public setting. As this is my own personal experience, I would like to make this disclaimer first and say that again that each of us have a different Pentecost experience. So I record my first experience took place when I was just a young 17-year-old youth leader here at Wesley Church. I remember I attended a youth leader's retreat and the guest speaker at that point was our track president. He was sharing with us on the importance of being filled with the Spirit as youth leaders. You know, in fact, it was actually my first time hearing a Methodist pastor, you know, describing in such detail how we can have such a personal experience of the Holy Spirit. And as he was sharing his journey in in living a Spirit-filled life, I felt the Holy Spirit convicting my heart. And I desired, I too want to be filled with the Spirit. He explained to us that all we need to do is to ask in faith, he will receive it. He then invited us to come up to the front. I immediately went up and I just prayed in faith and almost immediately, I felt a sudden strong presence of the Holy Spirit coming upon me. They led me to fall backwards to the floor and no one caught me but I didn't feel any pain at all. But in a moment, I felt a strangely warm sensation came upon my entire body and suddenly I started tearing my tongue started vibrating and I opened my mouth and I started speaking in tongues for the first time. Remember, I was 17 years old. At a point, I was in awe of what was happening before my eyes. As God was doing something real within me, He was drawing me in such an intimate experience that brought my faith to a whole new level. It was like a glimpse of heaven on earth. And I didn't want that supernatural experience to end there and then. I wanted to just linger there. I wanted to just stay there. I hope the service didn't end. But I knew after the encounter, I wasn't the same person again. My prayer life and faith in Christ grew and deepened. My life was transformed by the power of God. And even as I reflected back that whole encounter, I never exactly had the same supernatural experience like that again. I had other quiet encounters with the love of God, but not as dramatic as this one. But I knew God needed to give me that Pentecost experience as a young leader to show me the fullness of His power in my life so that I can be the effective witness for Him and the world. 
So friends, even as I shared my own Pentecost journey, being filled with the Spirit is not a one-off experience. It is a continuous infilling every single day. And I want to say again, we don't seek just for the experience and the signs and wonders. And it's not just about having the emotional or, you know, when the goosebumps feeling when we come to worship or having that heartwarming experience like I just shared. You know, God can give us such an experience. He can give that to us to deepen our faith in Him. But what truly matters at the end of the day is when we, have the, when we have the experience of God, it will lead you to magnify God. It will lead you to be so bold to witness for Christ in this world. When the Holy Spirit come upon you, you can't deny it. There's no doubt about it. Because that's that power that backs up that transformation in your life. So even as I close, I hope this message will not just be a, an informative message about the Holy Spirit. I pray and I hope that each and every one of us here can have our own unique Pentecost experience of the Spirit today. So even as we prepare our hearts right now, the worship team is going to lead us in a moment's time in this song, Holy Spirit. As we sing this song, may you make it your prayer, your desire to just welcome the Holy Spirit to fill and flood this whole hall with His loving presence desire in your heart for the Spirit of God to fill each and every one of us here with a fresh anointing from Him so that we can be renewed, we can be empowered, and we can be transformed for Christ.